0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Junior, and, and, and Coach, always good to have you on. I hope all is well with you and your family in and, and these trying times.
2: I appreciate y'all having me. Yeah, everybody's doing good you know, up to this date, my family and my team. Same to you. Uh, but, again, all we can do is try to stay safe, keep praying, and keep playing. So that's what we're going to do.
1: That's right. And, um, you know, you, you played uh, a game against George Washington, a, a team that's you know, it's 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 been in the, the you know up to echelons and near conference in in the past. You go in there and take care of business. Talk about this game. Um, any nerves coming out of week one, and uh, certainly with COVID nineteen.
2: Well, I mean, uh, dealing with COVID nineteen has been an experience in itself, uh, especially with all the changes. I think when we went up to GW. Uh, sometimes i think when you do things on your own campus your kids take it for granted and they think you're overreacting you know because they (laughs) because i don't know that that sometimes they understand the seriousness of things because they aren't affected the same but you know when i was getting a chance to go up to gw and they they got a chance to see that everybody's taking this and how serious it is and how blessed we are that that, that we're in the position that right now we're able to play so you know, uh, I was happy that we were, were able to go up there and, and, and take care of business. You know, we were short a few guys, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, the, the guys we had played hard and, and pulled it out. Yeah, and,
1: you know, when you, you look at this this game, I mean, you, again, playing on the road against a team like them, I mean, uh, the on, on ESPN, Uh, a four-point game. Talk about some of the – give us a recap on on how the game went. I know you can look at the stats, but certainly tell us how this game went in your opinion.
2: Well, I mean, if if it was one of those – they play a a unique style where they are aggressive, but I think they switched to much of a zone. I think we uh, played pretty much 100% zone during that game, but – uh, it, was, it was one of those games where it was our first time. Really, we, we didn't have a chance to do a blue-white scrimmage. Uh, we didn't have a chance to have any. So we had never seen any referees or anything up to that point. Uh, so at the beginning, we did, you know, come up to a slow start. And I think uh, different from a lot of teams that uh, the uh, teams that I've had maybe in the last year or two, you know, we have an abundance of guys that can shoot the ball, man. I, uh, and so I think at the end of the day, they're a team that, that, that likes to shoot and live and die by the three. We actually held them to two or three for 18. But we shot maybe 10 10 or maybe a little bit more for 30 from the game. So, you know, I think, I think that's what it came down to. We were able to get key stops when we needed them. Uh, and, and we were able to make the three-point ball, so, uh, and, and which gave us a little bit of a cushion, especially going in at halftime up 37-33. Uh, they came back as normal, as any home team should, made a little bit of a run. We were able to handle that. And then we were able to knock down a few more threes to give us a cushion. So, And, and I think that's the way that the game ended. You know,
1: how impressed were you? Let me rephrase. Were you more impressed that you held them to, I mean, point 18% from the three-point or more Slightly disappointed that they shot the ball almost
3: 47
2: percent. Uh, you know what? With with, I was more impressed that we were able to hold them three three for 18, and that we were able to keep our composure, uh, and and and, and hold on and win a tight ball game at the end. You know, we got we got seven, eight, nine new guys. Uh, we lost four of our five starters. Uh, we only, we only had one guy that, that really started for us for the entire year, you know, coming back, and, and he only, he averaged only one double-digit score, and he averaged 10. Uh, so this was a paint-by-numbers year for us, and uh, with, with with us going virtual, and we really didn't get our students back till later than a lot of guys, people. Now, that's not making an excuse. We didn't know how much time we had to gel and to get ourselves together before we played our first game, so – I was really, you know, them shooting 47%. We went in there to take away the three, and we did because we felt like that was the strength of their game. They had three guys on their team that made 80 or more threes, and two of those three, two of those three made over 100 threes last year, and that was over 60% of their offense. So, um, of course, you know, when you when you when you we took away the three, we did give up, you know, some some opportunities inside or here or there where they could score, you know, but but. Two for three is not the way. I mean, getting twos and not threes is not the way that they want to play. So I was impressed, but for us, for taking taking that out of their, out of their game plan, you know, and and then being able to, to gel and and, and and come together as a team. He's
1: just joining us. We're uh, talking with Coach Ed Joyner, Jr. Uh, of Hampton, the uh, the Pirates uh, coming off the win against George Washington in the Big South, of course, beating George Washington uh, from the Atlantic 10. Coach uh, 2 Carter. Uh, you're up for going into the half. You talked about composure that the team showed in uh in this game. Um talk about what you said to them to, to, to finish the deal in the second half and the play of your senior and Walker. I think you have four guys in, in double figures to Chris Sheldon and and um uh of course uh Edwards <laughs> would you say. So he, I mean, talk about talk about this this team that you, you know
4: the poise they showed with
2: those four guys in particular. Uh, well, we're going to start with Davion, and again, we know uh, he's our he's our senior leader. You know, him and Edward Oliver Hampton, but but he's our, he's really our senior leader with the amount of minutes and stuff he did for us last year. Uh, he struggled the whole mm-hmm. game, uh, and one thing we kept telling him was stick to the process. You know what? It's a it, there's a difference when you play this game, and now you are the scouting report, not just a part of the scouting report. You are it. And he struggled a little bit early because he was the one that they keyed on. But we tried to make him understand that you know the, the way the basketball guys work. When you when you go, just continue to play hard, and then go off your effort and contribute in other ways. They'll 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 allow you to 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 make a few plays at the end. And I think he may have scored. 12 or 13 of his 20 points in the last three, four minutes of the ball game. Uh, Edward Oliver Hampton, you know, with the loss of Ben Stanley, uh, he was a pleasant surprise for us um, uh, with, the, with the way that he played in, in his all-around game. He played some three, he played some four, and he actually started the game at the five for us. Uh, because we didn't have our transfer, Dixon Dickens, for that one game, he'll be back for the game against Norfolk. But uh, he started at the five for us, and You know, we felt like he could be a problem. They were big, but we felt like they had slow feet, and he could be a problem for that. They're big, and he ended the game with 18 and 11. And then, of course, Saheem Anthony and uh, Chris Shelton just made shots for us when we were struggling early in the first half to to score a little bit. And I think coming off a little bit of butterflies and just the adrenaline of the game, I mean, they must have hit a point where they hit three, four threes apiece, you know, to, to calm us down and give us a little bit of a cushion. And then uh, another guy that we thought stood out was the uh, young man that started point guard for us, Hanson Dean. He's a sophomore. He actually started about 10 games for us last year, but he ran the show. And uh, defensively, he he did a good job containing Bishop and keeping him occupied, but also making sure all our shooters got the ball in spots so they can make shots. You know, Coach, with
1: COVID, get back to the court in your next game, big game coming up with with Coach Jones and uh, Norfolk State, uh, you know, what was your thoughts? Your, and you are always been a straight shooter with us. What was your thoughts when it was decided um, that the Big South and that Hampton University was going to play in the midst of this COVID-19?
2: Well, it, it was kind of shocking at first, but at the end of the day, at some point, life does go on. And uh, we, we, I, I felt like we did have to to figure out how to to have some sort of normalcy, but also try to keep ourselves keep ourselves safe safe. But I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you, I wanted to play, and I wanted to play bad. I I mean, for six for six months, I don't think my kids knew the person that they uh that 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 was sitting in the house. And not, that, I'm not saying that from a bad standpoint. They figured out I can cook. They figured out I can help with homework. They figured out. <laughs> I mean, I became a hell of a father, you know. What I mean? really? And now I can't get off the hook. Now my wife will leave and say, oh no, you got him, you cook, you take. You know I mean? So you know, I, I was. Itching. I mean, again, you know, as we all were, we were itching for sports and and, and 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 some part of normal life that we can grab. And I and I think I, I was blessed, and we were blessed as a program at the Big South. You know, it, it, it decided to play, and then Hampton allowed us to play. You know, uh, again, we were one of the lucky ones that, that that they allowed to come back and play. You know, for various reasons.
1: You know, and and by the way, I I, I understand that whole father thing, and but you know, my my name is Daddy now, so this, 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 boy, boy, <laughs> the kids got to go back to school. But anyway, um, you know, it's one of the things though, the concern for. You know, you know, in the the Big South, but you know, traditionally being an HBCU and the funding that you would be able to keep up in those 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 areas financial with the endowment and everything, the, the money in the bank type thing. Was there any concern about that when you guys got started? I mean, football,
0: basketball,
1: you know, the
2: whole thing. You know what? Not not for us. I mean, I I, I mean, I and. I, 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 the university has already published this. I think, you know, we we were fortunate enough throughout this throughout this uh, COVID ordeal. I think, you know, it, in money alone, we probably got close to a hundred million dollars. You know, Dr. Harvey and did a hell of a job. You know, of making sure right. that we would, you know, with the McKenzie Scott deal, with uh, somebody else came in. I can't remember the exact name. Gave us another twenty million, million, this and that. Uh, they made uh, with the relationships that Dr. Harvey had. We ended up. Uh, we're actually a, a testing site in, in the 757. So a lot of universities around this area and places in this area will place they come test. Uh, within that, we, we got, uh, I think, over 5,000 rapid tests, which, which are at our disposal uh, as an athletic department part of that. We, we, we test daily. It ain't, it's not a once every three and, and three or four days or this and that. We take a test every morning before you walk into that gym. And you got uh, and, and and so I think we've been blessed in a sense because of the relationships and the, and some of the things that our university have that that yes we were able to afford it, but we were also afforded some things to take away that financial burden with us too dealing with this COVID. So, so we're no different than in, when it comes to testing and trying to stay safe. Now ultimately it is on us as coaches and it is on us as student athletes to make sure that we're doing the right thing. More so than anything else, because just taking a test doesn't cure it but or cure the problem, but uh, it's us being safe the way I may ask we doing things the right way also, but we've been blessed to to be put in a situation and, and again i I couldn't speak to Dr. Harvey enough because some of the things that 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 we were afforded because of his relationships and all that that really a lot of that burden was taken off off of us, and we we're, we're able to move freely.
1: Well, you know, Dr. Harvey is a visionary, as you know, um, and you are definitely fortunate and blessed to have, you know, him and his, um, of course, his uh, connections, as you mentioned, and and what he can do. I, the final question about this before I kind of ask you about Norfolk is this, you know, can you just kind of paint a picture of what it's been like before you actually hit the court? And then when you hit the court, the sacrifices, and and listen, let's be clear, um, you know, we all want to be safe. So I'm not trying to make it out to be, you know, what it is. But other than the fact that you guys are actually um, doing this, and, and, and the struggles and the stress and the things that go into all of that.
2: But I mean, I mean, first of all, it's different in the fact that you don't have fans. There are no other kids here at school. You know, our, our student athletes basically live in a bubble. You know, uh, again, we're blessed enough to have a, a set of apartments on campus that, that are gated, this and that. But again, that's 24-hour surveillance around him to make sure that they're doing the right things and make sure that 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 they keep. You know, at the end of the day, again, no different. The, it is a little different, but in the same sense of the way the guys were in the NBA. You know, we're kind of living in our own bubble. We're from we're from our apartments to to the gym, back to the apartments, back to the gym. You know, so again, the, the normal life that they've been used to as a student athlete, and what some people would say, but they've been spoiled by. You know, that's totally changed, and I it really hit me up at GW because that's again, we play a game with no fans. So you know, I, I really wasn't used to that. And you know, as a coach, sometimes it gets t- tough on us. We, we got to watch your mouth, man, 'cause everybody in the gym. Is with you. So, <laughs> so right. again, it's the sacrifices that 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 we've had to make uh, uh, just from the, some things of the normal day-to-day life of a student athlete, and the daily checks, and the, you got to get up in the morning, and you got go to go until you live safe, and answer the question is and. You know all the things you have to do now, just for everybody to try to be as safe as possible, and not just for your student athletes. We don't want to put nobody in a community at risk, neither, and in the Hampton University community. So, you know, we we got to be we got to be as student athletes. I think they have to be way more aware than they've ever had to be in their lives of what they're doing in their surroundings.
1: And you know, you already had a cancellation um, because of of COVID with, with William and Mary. Um, and is Norfolk still on? I know it's coming up on Monday. Is the game, as you know, still on?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. As of right now, the Norfolk are still good. Uh, and of course, it's still the battle, battle, battle of the bay. So, you know, we're gonna go in there with the same excitement and, you know, hopes to win a ball game. But not only, again, as I was, our guys are actually in there practicing right now. You know, as I told them, tonight the this thing is serious and it's real. Not only did we lose William and Mary. Uh, we had a non-D1 that we had scheduled who had a game tonight, and we are in a situation at the school that they were supposed to play tonight that we actually test the teams. You know, we do a rapid test when they, when they come on campus to play before we play. And they had three people test positive. So we just lost another game. So this thing is real. It's for
0: real. It's for real. Final
1: question for you. Uh, Keys to uh, going into Norfolk and getting a win. Of course, you you don't even play um, on that ESPN game uh, three days later, hopefully. Actually, it's been canceled. Uh, But after that, uh, going to Lexington. But uh, the keys to uh, getting a victory uh, at Norfolk State Coach Jones.
2: Uh, I mean, first of all, again, he he's always he always has well-disciplined squad, especially on the defensive end. So you got to make sure you, you take care of the ball, and you got to make sure be you, you're able to make tough shots or put yourselves in situations where you know you can get on the break and get as many easy baskets as you can, because uh, you know they're they're very well versed in half-court defense, and he does a great job with that. But to be able to do what I just talked about, you also that brings me to the next key. You got to be able to rebound the ball. You know they have good size, they have good length, and they've always been tough on the glass. So you got to limit them to one shot so that you can get yourself some easy opportunities. Then you got to be able to handle the emotion of the game. You know, no, no matter what, no matter what the records are. And I think right now we both will be going into it where we want to know what. I'm some of us have some good victories and things like that, but handle the emotion of the game. And if you can do do that and understand it takes a hot head to win a cool game, I mean, it takes a cool head to win a hot game, then after that I like our chance if we're able to do that. And then, you know, we'll see where the chips fall.
1: Well, Coach, uh, listen, uh, thanks for coming on. Best of luck in, in this trying new thing. And, and, and like I said, God bless you and your family and your your team. And their families be safe first and foremost, and we'll talk with you all uh, very soon.
2: Uh, thanks, brother. I appreciate that, and God bless you and, and your listeners and everybody around. And hey, stay safe, and you know we'll, we'll talk soon.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce a very interesting young man who's traveled from very far away to be with us tonight.
1: Welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining us. Six four six nine two nine zero one three zero. The number to get in touch with us. Press one to get on the line. You can also uh, watch us on Streamyard uh, as we are uh, live there as well. And we uh, come back and bring in our guests. It's always good to have him him as a uh, I guess uh, uh, on on the on the broadcast, I'm getting a little feedback here. Make sure we get this correct here. Always good to have him on. He is the uh, uh, a writer for SportsAwakening.com and uh, of course uh, other media outlets. He is the one and only Mike Patton. And uh, Mike, if you give me
3: one second here. Uh, All right. We
1: will uh, get you get you straight. Always good to have you on, sir.
3: Yes, sir. Always glad to be in be in place to be. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Uh, I, I, I it's a couple of games and a couple of situations that I wanted to talk about. That you know, the, the one of which when you look at um, the game with Cleveland and, and Tennessee, right in your backyard. So, you know, we already know um, that the Titans, you said the Titans uh, really, uh, they are who they are on defense. And we know that, you know, there's probably not going to get much better at this point with them. Um, And I, and I don't want to take anything away from Tennessee, but you know, Cleveland, they really haven't played much of anybody. Um, Their wins are, have been over some teams that they should have beat. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm a a franchise E, if I own a team and I want a, a quarterback, I want the basics, basically take care of the ball. Um And be accurate But I also want a guy Who can win a game When we need him To win a game Carson Wentz uh, Obviously has been going through some growing pains But you know it, Again Tennessee's defense Has been struggling all year We know that um, You know Derrick Henry didn't have the greatest game And if you could run The ball like with Chubb and and all those guys, and it it opens up play action pass. Mike, you play football, you know how it works. So again, people want to jump on and off the bandwagon of Baker Mayfield. I'm still off. I don't think this guy will ever be Super Bowl get it done when we need you to to, to drive down the field and make it happen type of quarterback. Now, if he's if you're saying that he's one of those guys that says, you know what, my defense is playing well. I got one of the best defensive pass rushers in the game, running the ball, two great running backs. I got great wide receivers that can get it done, tight ends, one of the best offensive lines in the game. I just don't need to screw it up. Then, yeah, if that's what what he's designed to do, then that's fine. But let's not get overrated and overconfident in a guy because they still got to play the Ravens. They still got to play Pittsburgh again. The Giants are a lot better. They still got to play them. Giants have one of the top ten defenses in the league. They get after you. So what do you say about Baker Mayfield at this point, especially after this four-touchdown game he had against uh, your Titans?
3: I would say this. Uh, He was pretty impressive. Uh, Honestly, uh, he didn't – well, he made one mistake, which was – the fumble on the quarterback sneak, which that's 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 just mind-boggling that that happened. But um, other than that, uh, what I can say is uh, definitely looked like yesterday the game plan they had executed to the team, And what I can say about Baker Mayfield, he's up and down. When he has to, when the game's always on all on his shoulders, he's not that guy. But when he has a running game going, it makes him more dangerous. And if he can play like he did yesterday in terms of Managing the game, making the plays when they're there, instead of trying to make things out of nothing, then he'll be he'll be a solid uh, a solid asset for that team. He's not going to be a superstar quarterback, but he can be a quarterback that can get you there provided he has a running game. So that would be my assessment of him.
1: But that's my point. You just made. You just said what I essentially said the same thing. If they want a guy who can manage the game and don't make mistakes. Then maybe some things will happen, but he's not. He'll never be. And I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find a quarterback that's not, you know, uh, a a superstar. You know that, you know, just, just you know, a Russell Wilson type thing. But a guy who can, okay, every now and then, we need that drive to get it done, to get us deep. I I don't see that with him. I see him managing the game. And not making mistakes. If they don't make mistakes,
3: they can have some success. He has to. He has to mature into that part. That guy, to be honest, he has to mature into that guy. He hasn't matured into that guy, and you know we 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 don't know if he's going to ever mature into that guy. So that's the thing. We don't know any of those things at this point. So that's that's the issue uh, with uh, Baker Mayfield at this point. Of course, you know time's running out. He's going to probably be the quarterback there next year. Uh, you know, unless somebody you know uh, comes up and is available that they really want, but they're gonna more than likely pick up his option. He'll be the quarterback next year as well. So, you know, to me, I mean, he's done a better job this year because he's been set up for more success than he was in the previous regimes. Because Kevin Stefanski, you got to give him credit for scheming and putting him in a great position. So. That's where I would say he's been better in put putting better positions to succeed. He's not the guy that has to carry the entire offense, which which is basically there's not there's not a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL that can just jump out there and do that anyway right now. But he he's definitely is not a guy that could just jump out there and carry a whole offense at this point in his career. Though no, he's not that guy, and you're not for sure if he can carry you on that one drive either. It could be one game he could, one game he couldn't. You know, of course he showed something in Jacksonville, but it is Jacksonville. So I can't necessarily say, hey, he's there, but he's done it to back-to-back games and showed well. So I'll give him that much. But you know, hey, we could be seeing him maturing. We could be just seeing him play well against bad defenses too.
1: And, and that's the question. That's that's the question. Ben. That's the hundred million, million
3: dollar question.
1: And I'm I'm with you on Kevin Stefanski. Z- 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 I mean, I think he is done. He he should be closer to here. Here him or uh, you know Matt Lafleur or someone. I mean they. It's done a really good job. Um, the, with that Tennessee th- team, again, yeah. It, it, listen, we give them a lot of credit with Tannehill and doing what he's doing, and and you know you have uh, King Henry, but they got the shortest defense up. I mean, you can't be down, you know, uh, what was it, 38 to 17 or whatever, the 28. Oh, 38 to whatever. seven. And have to like you can't do that and expect you can go deep into the playoffs. So, is there anything they can do defensively, schematically, to make this a little bit better, or they just it is what it is? They're going to go as far as they can.
3: Well, I talked to a couple uh, Titans fans, and I did actually notice a couple things as well in talking to a few fans and a few people that actually you know pay attention to the team. The thing I noticed is. Um, basically, they're playing people not in the positions to succeed. And that goes on the defensive coordinator, who is Mike Rabel. <laughs> so, uh, you know, to me, if you're looking at it, if we just give you a prime example, uh, Kevin Byard's not having the greatest year as he had last year. One of the reasons why is they're putting him more in man-to-man coverage. Kevin Byard has never really been a man-to-man coverage guy. He has always it. been a a center fielder, a a basically he's been a center fielder in your secondary. That's what he has always been. And what ends up now is they've got him in this crazy this position to now just be is basically just be this guy that you know tries to cover people, and that's not what he does. He's a center fielder that covers up mistakes. He's not they gotta cover somebody man, and they've got the crazy part is they've got Kenny Vaccaro playing something else too, and I'm like, okay, Kenny Vaccaro is better cover guy than than um than Byard is, so why not put him in a position to succeed? Let Vaccaro cover, put Kevin Bayard back there in the center fielder position, and you're you're a little bit better in that position in 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 the secondary, but. Uh for some reason he's got it in his mind that Kevin Byer is gonna be a cover court, a cover safety and that's not who he is. He's just not putting him in a position to succeed and that's not that's not that's not really fair to him and that's not really a good uh what a good defensive coordinator does playing to the strengths of the team so he's not doing that.
1: Just joining us we're talking with Mike Patton here on the Basket News Radio show, on the bass News Radio Network and uh W C O M uh F M. Uh, in Carborough and Chapel Hill. Mike, uh, you mentioned defensive coordinators and putting guys in positions
3: to make plays.
1: Never been a great Williams guy. You can't just blitz your way all the time. You can't. because <laughs> You're going to live and die by it. Now, I, I get the, the people who want to say, look, you know, he called a zero blitz, which means you know, understand, means that's an all-out blitz. You got three guys in the cover, maybe one safety, two corners, like it was with this Jets game against the Raiders. Um, And then your dog, your linebacker, got to make a play. He either got to make a play, or he's got to change the play. He got to go no, we're gonna we're gonna zone it out. But I don't care what you're normally to do. You don't you don't five seconds. They the Raiders just got past them. The previous play, and they were playing zone. They weren't even playing, man, on that with a the blitz. They were zoning it out, and they still got past. Aguilar got past the the, the defense and the safety. The, the previous play, Carr just missed him. And then you come back with the same thing. Um, it, is that Williams being Williams, or do you buy into any of the conspiracy that the Jaguars only got one win, the Jets have none, and the Jets want to make sure they have that first pick in the
3: draft. Uh, I think it's a little of both, Greg Williams being Greg Williams. I've actually met Greg Williams before. I actually I went to uh, high school with his son for a year. So I've actually talked to him and met him and gone over a few things with him. And, yeah, that is Greg Williams, <laughs> definitely, uh, with uh, what he did there. But, however, there is uh, other aspects of that you definitely have to think of and wonder are they just going ahead and blowing this season away? <laughs> so, you know, that's just uh I mean honestly it, it kinda kinda makes you scratch your head to think why would they even all out blitz? I've never seen anybody do that before. So that's a that's a first thing that you I've can, never seen happen Mike, before.
1: <sighs> right, because you know, Mike, you could get pressure on that last play in a lot of different ways. You don't have to go zero. You can you can you do a lot of different things. And, again, the, the, the linebacker didn't blast Carr. He couldn't get to him, I guess. Um, and that's what it's also designed to do, to come up the middle and, and hit that quarterback. That didn't happen. But it just didn't make any sense other than the fact that, you know, really the two things I, I would hope, that he's just being who he is and being arrogant about it, like, okay, I'm gonna if we're gonna lose, we're gonna lose the way I wanted to do. Um, but it just it, it, are they just the most dysfunctional uh, team, not just in football, but in all the sports right, right, right now? In your opinion?
3: Uh, yes, they are probably the most dysfunctional team in the NFL. I just I don't understand. <laughs> what is going on with this team? I just don't get it. Ownership's bad. Coach is bad. I don't even know how coach got hired. The coach gets the GM fired, which I've never seen that happen. Um, I mean, it's just a lot going on. And then you have a player after the game, after the, this past game, the safety, I think his, last, I think his name is Marcus May. Hey. He actually calls out the defensive coordinator before after the game saying, What are you doing? What call was that? What are you doing? <laughs> so it just to me it it it's just a lot of dysfunction going on there but yet still you see Adam Gase with the job, which I I'm still trying to wrap my mind around that one.
1: <laughs> well, it, it it he should have been gone a long time ago. He he shouldn't even be a coach actually to be to be totally honest with you. Um Exactly you look at uh, the situation in um, Miami, and the fact is that, you know, two of the couple of things we knew about him is that, you know, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes, and he's pretty accurate. Uh, but is, is he doing enough that this you can be confident enough that this team can make the playoff? Because they still got a pretty – Pretty tough, you know, the last four games. Um, And even if they don't, this is—I would think this is might be a a great learning experience for them. Even if they don't make the playoffs, but he's in there, they throw him in there. um, I think it's good. But do you think they make the playoffs with him?
3: Which which team is that? I didn't catch which team he said. Uh, Miami with Tua. Miami. Hmm. Uh, I think they have a very good chance to make the playoffs. They're just sputtering a little bit offensively right now. Uh, Of course, you can get away with that against the team they played yesterday, but they need to kind of clear that up. Once they clear that up, then I I can say, okay. They have a really good chance. They give them a 50-50 chance of making the playoffs. But other teams are definitely hard charging at this point.
1: Do they have a shot to win the division?
3: Uh, Depends on the night. It's, if the 49ers beat the Bills, then they definitely have a shot to win the division.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not sold on the Bills only because their defense is not the same. Um, nope. And, uh, and um, and it's a situation where they they need to shore that up. We'll we'll see. Um, I looked at Arizona. Everybody's down on Murray and his and and his play, but. You play with a bad shoulder, again, you play the game. It's hard to do what you normally do, which is pass the football, um, and, and be able to be effective at it. He can still run, but again, psychologically I'm thinking Mike, he's thinking about that arm. Um right. Is is Arizona where you thought they would be um this year with this, this quarterback?
3: Honestly, I didn't think they would be in a position to to compete for the playoffs just quite yet. I was concerned more about their defense than I was their offense, but they're doing a little better than what uh <laughs> what many thought they would do uh however they with the uh raised expectations they're expected to do more and uh yesterday, they got a little taste of uh well the uh Hopkins got a little taste of uh Jalen Ramsey who guarded him on thirty four of forty of his snaps. And he only held, he held him to 39 yards receiving. So when that happened, that offense shut down because Hopkins couldn't get open. So I think yesterday was more of a a showing of the Rams defense and Jalen Ramsey doing what he does best, as opposed to Kyler Murray not doing what he does best. Which you know I think he was trying to get Hopkins the ball, and I think that kind of I think that kind of messed with a lot of things as well. I think next game they'll have a little easier go about it, and they'll be able to you know make some things happen there.
1: Right, with Mike Patton here on the Boston News Radio Show. Uh, uh, Mike, when you look at a team um, that you know like Seattle, I can't figure them out, and I really think that something's not right with um, Russell. He's just not playing right, and I don't, I know. I think their offensive line is, is is a little overrated. I don't think they're physical enough. They 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 got some issues there. Um, but but he just doesn't seem like Russell. What's what's the deal with Seattle? And how much credit do you give Joe uh, Judge and this 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 Giants team the way they're playing? Like I said, the defense is top ten. They win without their starting quarterback with Colt McCoy as the backup, and they win. They go in Seattle all day, no fans there. Um, and they're playing pretty good football in the last four or five weeks.
3: I would say I'm a little worried about Russell. Uh, he hasn't necessarily been the same guy. He's kind of – it's almost like he's waiting to see if something breaks too much now instead of actually getting rid of the football. I, you know, I, right. while I love those players where he runs around and things like that, it just seems like he's holding on to it too much at this point. I don't think anything injury is wrong. I just think that that's the thing: quicker decisions. And instead of uh, making the quicker decisions, he's almost he's trying to. It's almost in some senses he's trying to make the home run play instead of making the the easy play. And then the home run play comes from that. So that's why I think is the biggest issue. Their offensive line has always been pretty questionable. I mean, anytime you're 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 uh, converting. Uh, offensive uh, offensive linemen out of basketball players and defensive linemen, your offensive line is not going to be very great anyway. So, you know, they haven't really ran the football well this year, which is the difference. Um, so that, that that's the difference. But I wouldn't say their offensive line is overrated because they've never really been great, great to me in my opinion. They've never been great in my opinion anyway. Uh, as far as the – defense of the Giants. I i I'm, I'm very impressed. Uh, Leonard Williams has really revived his career after being traded from the Jets to the Giants. And they're just they're just getting it done. They don't have necessarily the depth or wealth of talent. Uh they they do have a guy named Logan Ryan that plays for them, that plays for the Tennessee Titans, that's played safety and sent a cornerback this year, which is a hey. change for him. And they're just getting it done, and I, and I'm, you know, it's 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 pretty, you know, it, it, it's not it's not pretty football, but it's just they're just finding ways to win, and in that bad division of the NFC East, they may pull themselves out of there and win the division championship, which would be pretty incredible and something that nobody expected to see, especially with the losses of Saquon Barkley and and other guys this year.
1: Yeah, I don't think they'll run away with it, but I do think, you know, with the Eagles, with their issues, we already talked about, we don't have to go to Carson Wentz and everything, the Eagles and issues. Um, Dallas being Dallas, um, you know, Washington is pretty solid, but I, I just think the Giants are a little more, uh, if you want to go balanced, if you will, a little bit more balanced than the Washington, so they will probably... Um
3: how when that is Washington, washington's giving a little giving a little trouble to your boys tonight it's fourteen ten
1: right at the top, time of the broadcast you're right and i i was pretty disappointed that you can't get it in the local you had to have the fox regional there to to get it because of the blockouts and all the different things they' going you know' it was another a Monday night football game, so that takes precedent on it but um let let me ask you this final football question at least. Who's been more impressive, uh, Belichick and the Patriots, where they are? I mean, Cam's got no weapon. I mean, he threw for 68 yards, and they won 45 nothing yesterday. Um, <laughs> and the defense has been playing, playing uh, pretty well. for the Saints, because the second year in a row, this coach had a backup because Drew Brees got hurt, and they're undefeated. They're making uh, – uh, this kid looked like he can be, you know, he could drop back and, and throw the ball. I mean, you know, it was 232 yards or whatever, but he two touchdowns, no one, no turnovers. He, he knew to go to Michael Thomas. Who's been more impressive this year thus far? I
3: would say the Saints. The Saints have because uh, nobody talks about their defense. The Saints' defense is really, really good. Janoris Jenkins has yeah. revived his career as a cornerback down there, so now they got two good corners in Lattimore and Janoris Jenkins. Uh, you've got Demario Davis, who nobody talks about, is one of the most underrated defensive—excuse uh, I mean, me—the most underrated linebackers in the NFL. And their defensive line is getting after the quarterback without having to blitz anybody. You know, so their uh, their defense has been even more impressive, along with the way that they're trying to use Taysom Hill. Which, by the way, I'm still not sold on him being a starting quarterback in the NFL full time now. I'm still not sold on that. But definitely as for as the stopgap, he's making some things happen and I'm definitely uh more impressed with that team and what they're doing.
1: Final NBA question. We'll talk more NBA down the road as if the, you know they get ready for Cap and everything else. But I have to ask you about the the uh, Wizards uh Rockets trade. Uh so twofold, who got the better of it? Um and is, is John Wall coming to Houston enough to keep James Harden wanting to stay there?
3: Well, first question, uh, whoever got the best of this deal, I would say the the Washington Wizards probably did, because now you've got a guy that actually can stay on the court and do things. Even though, you know, some decisions you make, you scratch your head. Uh, but he, he can actually be on the court to actually make those decisions, as opposed to Wall, which his injuries have, have – you know, pretty much decimated a lot of some of his career. So that's an issue. If John Wall could actually stay healthy and be some of the John Wall in the past, then that might swing the pendulum some way or another. However, uh, I, I think that uh, Westbrook playing under his old coach is going to bring a little bit more intensity to the Washington Wizards, which they need because they played a lot lax to me at times, especially on the defensive end. And, you know, from what I'm hearing, he's ratcheted up the intensity of that entire team, which is what they needed. So I think the Wizards got the better of that deal. I think the Wizards will have a very good chance to make the playoffs with Russell Westbrook, actually. And uh, as far as uh, if John Wall is enough to keep uh, James Harden there, well, we saw that James Harden hadn't reported yet because he was hanging out in the strip club. So what does that tell you?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't – it, I don't see it working. I really don't. Maybe
3: you see different. I feel I bad for it. Silas. I feel I feel bad for Stephen Silas because he basically got hired into this position with with right. this with this. You know, I feel I feel pretty terrible for him because I mean I'm glad for him to get a good head get a, getting a head coaching job because he's paid his dues. But the thing I hated is he got hired into this position. why can't you know? That's what's frustrating. Sometimes you get you we get a head coach or we you know, we get a black head coach that gets hired, but he gets hired into a horrible position. I mean, who who remembers uh the Arizona head coach when Wilkes got hired, he was fired within a year. You know, that you know, that's just you know, that's what I worry about with his hiring down there.
1: Yeah. I, I agree with you. Uh it, it'll be interesting to see. Where you go let people know how they
3: can follow you and what's your latest article and how they can and kind of read on that. All right. Uh you can find me on Twitter at uh MikePatton eighty two. Uh you can also uh see on the HAPS TV app doing Titans Talk. Uh, I can do that on Sundays before the game and the post game after the game as well. You can find me in those two places as well as the three point conversion, that's D, the number three point conversion dot com, writing Titans article. Last one I wrote on was kind of breaking down a couple different things that uh, Titans had to worry about, which is uh, double trouble, and that was uh, Nick Chubb and um, uh, Kareem Hunt, and they sure enough did damage against them on Sunday.
1: <laughs> yeah, you you was on point with that. Yeah, it, it will it'll be interesting to see what happens with the uh, um, the Browns moving forward. Mike, as always, I appreciate you, bro. Be well, be safe. Talk with you next week, sir.
3: Yes, sir.
0: Like.
5: If you come my way up, down, and around, even sideways I'm about as ready as the light can get We can go all out I ain't afraid of the sweat, but yet I bet you got the techniques to freak a girl inside out What's that all about? Can I have some of that? You gotta put me on Word around town is your nine men strong I'm to be put on in the worst way Since the first day, I think it was the Thursday You be that brother that I wanna sink my teeth in me wanna ask, where the hell you been? I like the way you be with all that personality, but I got flavor too. You need to go with me. At the cut coupon. Wow. Oh, freak got the heat, so bluff it. it's because it's more than 20 duckets. Kinda rich, now his pockets looking straight. Slammed the D's on the benzo pancake by the gate. Mom's looking straight with her house, she got great. Lounging in her new home that's about the state. Only your core mail won't tell, you can get it. Even though you got chicks all up on it, Don't matter, cause mother you fly I can't lie, I've been macking, daddy from the corner of my eye Now, baby, bring it on, don't be fuckin' on your baby boo All I wanna know is what's up with you How can I get with you? Seems like you got a hold on
0: me It must be voodoo, cause baby, I want you
5: About so big, uh-huh. about so small, yeah. about this length, uh-huh. about this width, uh-huh. about this flow, Word. about this gift, yeah. instinct me and me right up your alleyway, skip the moet let's chill with some alizé, enough stress in our day, let me massage your mind as my mental start to play, a ghetto sauce you are, and I'll be your sexual chocolate bar, and I gotta keep Strong for the cause, and you gotta keep me strong. For the cause, brother, man, and me, damn the family. What else could we be with no one understands us but we? You were the first to tame me. Uh, big teeth. I'm out. Oh, yeah.
1: Joining we're on the uh, Bachelor News Radio Show on the Bachelor News Radio Network. I want to go to my good friend, longtime friend, and, and co-host and colleague on the line uh, from BASN Newsroom, Tony T. Mac McQueen. And Mac, I hope all is well with you, sir. Uh,
6: I'm good. I uh, uh, hate to start off with uh, some uh, sobering news, but unfortunately, um, 2020 uh, took another sports great today as uh, Dick Allen passed away today at the age of 72. Wow.
1: Yeah. And, it, you know, it's been a lot of, it's been a lot of baseball, folks. Yes. Um, and, I mean, it, it just we take the floor. Talk about Dick Allen. Talk about, um, his career is a little bit controversial here and
6: there, but, but talk about him. Well, this is a guy that should have been in the Hall of Fame a long, long, long time ago. Uh, there's a, you know, a fr- actually a friend of mine, Mark Cafaro, over the last 10, 15 years has been really, really, really pushing. Uh, before. He's a former um, former uh, Philly uh, Bat Boy Turned right. uh, media, and he has been pushing this for quite a while. And you know, over the years, we've seen we've seen a lot more. There's been books, uh, and stuff more about him. And matter of fact, the Phillies actually uh, retired his number. And the Phillies are Phillies have a rule where they don't really um they don't retire their number unless they're a Hall of Famer. But I think it just speaks to just how the organization felt about him. And, you know, everyone knows, you know, all the, the, the craziness that he went through in Philly. He You know, for, for all intents and purposes, he was basically the first black player, prominent black player, to play for the Phillies. And uh, he caught a little bit of, he caught a lot of hell, unfortunately, when he was there in Philly. Um, he actually uh, came back, uh, a, a second time, and it it didn't end well there either. But um, this was a guy where you know he was a player's player. You know, think of John, you know, the legendary, like you know, John Henry with a baseball bat. That's what Dick Allen was. You know, his 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 uh, home run shots have been legendary. He was MVP for the White Sox in '72. Uh, rookie of the Year with the um, with the with the Phillies, but uh, great ball player, and it's a, it's a it's a shame that he didn't live long enough
1: to get
6: his plaque because it looks like that you know they were trying there was a lot of people who thought that he would uh, get in within the next year or so, but um, unfortunately now you know it, I mean it'll be nice if he does get in, but it's a, but it's unfortunate he will not be able to uh, actually live to see it.
1: Well, so baseball and sports in, in general, T, could be very unforgiving to guys like Kid Allen. I mean, here's a guy who was rookie of the year. He won an MVP. He was one of the better offensive players that I can remember, right, you know, um, 60s and 70s, um, and just, like, what do you have to do other than play the game, I guess, for them to give you the credit that you deserve? Like, he – You know, he put up numbers mostly with Billy and the White Sox and stuff like that. But you know, what what do you have to do to be a guy like that? And uh, again, as you mentioned, essentially first black ball player uh, uh, there, but certainly wasn't some slouch. Like '64, I think he was Rookie of the Year, right? '64, somewhere around there.
6: Yeah, six. Yeah, yeah, he was Rookie of the Year. still a lot of still a lot of rookie, I think a lot of home run records. I think he still holds the um, Phillies record for a homers by a rookie. I'm not up sh- off, off the top of my head. I'm not sure what the exact number is. But, you know, he was an impact player everywhere he went. You know, he didn't get, you know, he quote unquote didn't get along with the media. So that's one of the, that's probably that's the main reason why he's not in the hall of fame. And, but see, again, over, as I've gotten older over the years, you know, Hall of Fames and MVP awards and whatever. When you realize the the, the the politics that are involved in this, it, it 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 takes away from what its real impact are. Because for the for, because for the many folks who are in there and are deserving, there's another group uh, that that's even more deserving. I, I've always said, especially it's it's hard to say which Hall of Fame. is is the most, uh, you know, trying because I've always felt with all the four majors, you know, football, baseball, basketball, and hockey, for all the players that are in, there's probably at least five to six players in each previous decade who deserve to be in as well. And, And Dick Allen is clearly, you know, one of those few. You know, you can go on and on. In regards to you know you know Gil Hodges comes to mind uh, but you know Lee Smith finally got in this past year I thought he should have gotten in a, a, a lot sooner but um, but yeah it's, it's 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 I think just in, in speaking about Dick Allen it's 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 it just it just hurts a little more now because um, now if he does get in yes it'll be nice but unfortunately he, he won't live he
1: didn't live long enough to see it and it's too bad. Talking with Tony T. Matt McClain. T. You know one of the one of the things unique things that he has um, it, it, that a lot of players don't have is he had a couple of brothers of his his own family that played in the league. They obviously, weren't as as known, but not only he, he was up there in slugging presenters, he was up there um, in home runs, as you mentioned. But you know his brother Hank played. His, his brother Ron had a little cup of coffee. I think with the Cardinals. I think it was in one of those teams.
4: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so that's a unique. It, it shows the talent um, that came out of that family. Not to mention he, you know, he was an, uh, uh, an all star as well.
6: Well, and you know, if you've ever read, uh, if you've ever read any uh, books on him or know of him he was a great athlete. You know, he was a, uh, you know, you could, one could arguably say that baseball wasn't even his best sport. You know, he was a great high school basketball player who played with his, he played with his brother, uh, uh, Hank. And, um, you know, it, it, again, it was, uh, it was, uh, you know, he was old school guy and see the thing with him is you ask a lot of pitchers from back in the day, who was more, who was the most feared guy to, to face. And you know the the you know the 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 obvious names you know the the the, the Hank Aaron, Willie Mays of course, but Dick Allen invariably, his name is always on those players' lists as well.
1: Who would you compare him to? I I, I compare him to a little Jim Rice only because of the power and the slugging, and off the off the field where. You know, he, he didn't do well with the media, or at least I should say
6: the media didn't do
1: well with him. With him. You know what? I, I hate to, you know, I can't compare him to anybody. I compare him to himself,
6: Dick Allen. You know, he was, <laughs> he was you know, this was a guy that, you know, he, you know, he, he, strength. I think the one thing with him that you talk about is strength. There's a guy that, you know, he had these ham hock hands. There's a, there's a there's a great picture of him. There's a great picture of him. Now he now he now he uh, carry he hit 37 40 ounce bat, and I swear, that 37 40 um, ounce bat looked like a looked like a toothpick in his hand, because he had these big hands. And it, again, it's like the old mythical uh, story. John Henry, he was John Henry with a bat you know he was John Henry with the bat uh probably a better better, better better fielder than the probably he gets a lot of credit for but again more is more has always been placed on his off the field stuff than his on the field um uh, and 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 it's a shame because i think that you, you know i i think that sadly there you know he hasn't been given enough credit for 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 for
1: uh, as good a ball player as he was. And you know what, too, Tony. A lot of people, when I read up on him, you know, being younger, but read up on him and and his his play, you know, like most black ball players, you know, coming up to the minors, he went through those redneck areas. And he he faced a lot of racist stuff. I think he played in Little Rock, Arkansas. If I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yes. That was, his, that was that was he was signed. He was basically
6: signed out of high school, and went and literally and figuratively went from from. He was a hometown guy. He's from Philly. He was actually from Philly, and you go from Philly to Arkansas to to Little Rock, Arkansas. Now imagine Little Rock uh, 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 being a black. Man going to Little Rock, Arkansas, being one of only—if not the only—black person on that team. Now, and, and you know, this was right at the height of the civil rights movement. So, right. It's 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 amazing. It's it's really amazing what he um, what he what he uh, was able to endure. And then, unfortunately, sadly, he had to deal with it even more so when he got to the majors especially in those early years in Philly. And ironically, it's funny, you know, he was the player that was sent to the Cardinals in the Curt Flood trade. He was one of the players that was sent to the Cardinals, that was sent to the Cardinals for the Curt Flood trade.
1: Right. Yeah. And and that's – so they go from – one guy that they want to uh, figure would be a traitor to so bring in another black guy. I mean, they certainly they didn't want hurt blood. But uh, rest in power and peace and blessings and peace to him, him and his family. Uh, certainly, uh, they you know they lose a guy like that. Let's stay on baseball though, uh, Steve. Talk with Tony T. playing here, PAS and newsroom, and look at. Um, the, the Hall of Fame uh, this year, and you got guys. I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Derek Jeter was uh, is unanimous, right? Like he would be the one guy. Larry Walker. Um, assess who you think deserves to to be in, and will we see that? Um, that Mariona Rivera
5: type uh
6: uh situation? Um it's it's you know, it's very, very hard to say because even when you even when it did happen, no one really saw that one coming to to a certain extent. Again, it's not that Rivera did not deserve it, but you know, he probably was the one guy that you I'm going to say the one guy, but he probably wasn't the person that you thought would have gotten, uh, you know, a, a hundred percent. Uh, you, know, Griff, you know, Griffey had like 98 uh, percent. Tom Seaver had 97. Um, others of, you know, I guess, um, I believe Jeter, uh, I think he got like a, he, he down, you would would not know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Basically, like two, you know, two writers didn't put him on 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 the ballot. But see, again, it just again, it just speaks to the silliness of the voting, where because see, again, the old adage is, well, if we put him down 100, uh, percent that's like saying he's the greatest player in the history of baseball, and it's not. It's such a, it's, it's such crazy. a, it's such an asinine argument. It's basically saying. For this year, he was the most obvious choice.
0: That's all. Right.
6: It's not now. Now. Yeah. Now again, is Mariano Rivera the greatest reliever of all time? Debatable. We could go back. We we could go back and forth. My problem, the biggest problem I so much had with it was that. I think it was always a problem. It's. It's the protocol. Why does somebody like say, you know, why? Eckersley and others got in before Lee Smith. Without You know, my thing has always been you have to put in the folks who paved the way, and Lee Smith was the guy that paved the way for Dennis Eckersley, for John Smoltz, for for Mariano Rivera. You know, him and Bruce Suter and Hoyt Wilhelm and Goose Gossage and uh, uh, Raleigh Fingers, those guys – you know, those guys you know, for the most part they were in before the modern day guys. But for some reason Lee Smith they, 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 they made him wait. And again, now I don't remember Lee Smith having a bad relationship with the media, but I I think somewhere along the lines when when the analytics folks came along, he got lost in the shuffle. And see, that's going to be the problem for a lot of these players from back in the day and even the players of now is because they're going to tell you more why they shouldn't get in as opposed to why they should get in.
0: Yeah.
1: What's the see. Um, just to remind myself even, but the, uh, the audience, what's the, the percentage they have to get to get in? I forgot. 75% of the vote. Seventy-five okay. percent of the vote.
6: And, um, yeah, and
1: I mean. And I the reason why I ask that is because when I went and looked, see, not to cut you off, but Kurt uh, Schilling had fallen short. We knew Clemens and Bonds were going to give a, a problem with. I thought Omar Vizquel was one of the best shortstops in the game of his era. He mm-hmm. fell short. But, but some of those guys, you look at, um, uh, you know, some of these guys, Gary Sheffield, he had a. You know, he spoke out. Maybe he doesn't get as many percentages that he, he deserves. Manny, of course, with all that. You mentioned Jeff Kent and guys like that. And he's also Andy Pettit didn't get a lot uh, this year. But for some of those guys, did they – should they have fallen short, like a Curt Schilling, uh, to, of those numbers to get in? And why him? I mean, I you know, he's beloved and the bloody stock and all this other crazy stuff. Ah. Uh... Me
6: per me personally, must see I would you no know, let's Again, I go back to uh, the pecking order. Dave Stewart has to get in first before Kurt Schilling as far as I'm concerned.
1: Right, I agree.
6: That that's 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 the way I look at it. Uh, Jeff Kent, I'm very surprised Jeff Kent isn't in. But see again, not a media darling. And see that, that that excuse becomes just so old and after. See, this is what hurts baseball the most. The, these 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 dumb ass unofficial rules. they you know they still they, they they still hold on you know they still hold on to these old wives' tales in, in regards to what you know um, you know of, of the way the game is played. And the Hall of Fame voting and and, and 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 what have you, and see the funny thing is, they choose their morals when it's when it's when it's convenient for them. See, a lot of these right. guys, as we mentioned, you know, there's there's there's, there's, the, there's the there's the 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 hint of uh, steroids, and see what they'll do, they won't just in a sense they'll sort of ignore them. Which and they're in there and their easy out will be well you know the steroid because see Mike Piazza didn't get in his first uh, year his first eligible year and, and 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 a lot of it had to do with the fact that there was the specter of of steroids and again this is a guy that never tested positive this is a guy who, but just because of the specter. He was we didn't get in uh, in his first year.
4: Now Mike, Mike,
6: again. Now I could be biased because I met Sam. I, I don't think so. But Mike Piazza is one of you know Mike Chiassew is the greatest power uh, hitting uh, catcher in baseball history. He should be yeah. in. He should have got in the first year, as far as I'm concerned. But again. These, you know, this this convenient moral outrage always um, always seems to rear its ugly head more so in baseball than in all the
1: other uh, Hall of Fames, at least to me. Yeah, and it, when you you think about it, you know, some of those guys probably got well. I would say got caught up in the fact that they unfortunately came in the steroid time. Um, and then you look at it, it's like, well, um, maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but they weren't Sammy Sosa or um, some of the other ones that were blatantly um, caught, if you will, um, but they just happened to be in that area. And, I said, you know, say what you want about Mike Piazza, like he said, you know, um, one of the great offensive powers at, at catcher um, in the game. And he he, he definitely
2: to me,
6: what if, to, me, to me to me to me that whole guilt by association is is, 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 is cowardly. It's very very right. cowardly. Plain and simple, it's cowardly.
1: What about Gary Sheffield? If he didn't speak out on social issues and, and things, does he have the numbers he They'll they'll use
6: they'll use the steroid uh, thing to, to keep him out.
1: But I mean do you think he has the numbers to get in? Oh absolutely he does. Absolutely
6: okay. he does. The between the
1: steroids
6: and the fact that he was that he was a black man that dared to have an opinion. You know. There's no room for right?
1: that. Right, right. Um it's it's unfortunate with that, that group and you know, other guys that really didn't I don't even know how they even, um, some of these guys, I think, like, I don't even know how Yambi, we'll talk about uh, steroids, how he even gets any kind of vote. Well, you know, I mean, you know, the
6: the, the one thing that they have changed is after a period of time, if you don't get at least five to 10% of the vote, you're automatically, you know, taken off the ballot. So I, th- I think I think Giambi has already been taken off the ballot, if I remember correctly. But uh, but, but you know but you know he, he, again, he didn't you know he did not he didn't he didn't really have the, you know because see, everyone talks about Mark McGuire. I'll come right on tell you. I don't think Mark McGuire, home runs or not steroids or not. I don't think Mark McGuire was a Hall of Famer. Mark McGuire right. was a was. Mark McGuire is about as close as you can get to Dave Kingman. not not And Dave Kingman is not in the Hall of Fame
1: either. He's a one-dimensional He's guy. But, see,
6: He's again, Mark because McGuire the... was
0: a home
1: Mark McGuire was hitting home runs and batting 230, 215, 220. Yeah. Come on. And striking out a lot. That's Dave <laughs> Kingman. <laughs> you watch Dave Kingman's career, that's Dave Kingman all day, every day.
6: Yeah, but you know, it's, it, it's it's again a lot of it had to do. But see again, McGuire and, and even McGuire's um, relationship with the media, you know, even even during the uh, home run race wasn't all that great. You know, he had his moments. He he will come around and tell you that you know, uh, hanging out with Sammy Sosa during the whole thing sort of loosened him up because he he was not a very he was not a very big media guy, but.
0: Yeah, they would no, he... be willing,
6: but they, but see, they would have been willing to put him in the Hall of Fame, strictly to, for being a, a a one-dimensional player. Right,
1: and and that's really what they want to do. Um, the final question, real quick, uh, just going to, um, you know, HBCU started a basketball season. We we saw what happened with with football and that winds down. How do you think they've handled it? Uh, obviously. Uh, Hampton's been playing they are in the and in, in a different conference, and of course you know the swack and and the meAC are playing. what How do you think they've handled this? because you know there's a we we both agree that this thing is dangerous, and i I don't think anybody should be playing, but that's the not the nature of the business of, of sports, college and professional. But sure. there have been sacrifices. We had Ed Jordan Jr. on, and he talked about those sacrifices that go on. Of course, he's got Dr. Harvey to help with the resources, but there are sacrifices for these kids. So how do you think they've handled it thus far?
6: I mean, it's, it's by the those – you know, I mean, look, the college sports have probably been dealing with it worse than the pros. You know, we've seen a handful of games all over the country – Get uh, canceled. There was a you know UConn, uh, UConn matchup with NC State got canceled because one of the UConn players tested positive. Ironically, I'm watching the final minutes of uh, North Carolina Central and Coastal Carolina r- right now. Um, you know, they're, they're, it's 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 everything. You know, look, anything and everything this year is 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 a completely different beast because of because of the pandemic. And for those who thought, you know, and, and you know, now that it is spiking again in various parts of the country, you know, we're sort of back to square one, right now. But I yeah. think, I think for the most part, you know, they, they've they handled. I mean, they've handled it just pretty much like all the other HBCUs, all the white schools as well. Just you know, they're just they're trying to get as many games in as possible.
1: Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to see how it it works um coming down coming down the stretch, you know, uh, yeah. for uh, the rest I'm of this actually year. Forward,
6: I'm actually, I'm actually looking forward to whenever they do uh play football. I just hope they do get a chance to play ball this year. But yeah, I mean, I'm I've been I've been catching games here and there, but yeah, it's it's you know, it's it's you literally have to check your local listings, and you have to check to pay for just to make sure. Oh, they're playing. Oh, okay. If they're on, if
1: they're on, I'll watch it. If they're not, you know. You're right. See, as always, I appreciate you. I'll talk with you in a few minutes, man. I appreciate you, man. All right, take care. Thanks, T. Matt McLean. He the editor of Black Athlete Sports Newsroom, BASN Newsroom. You missed any part of broadcast? Make sure you go to our website, thebassinnewsradionetwork.com, Network.com. Follow us on Facebook at Pad Nation, also on Twitter, padnation Nation Two, LinkedIn. Tune in, uh, and you can catch the, the broadcast at any podcast place, including iTunes, TuneIn, Spotify, and Anchor. Uh, enjoy the rest of your time. We will talk with you soon on the Bachelor News Radio Show on the Bachelor News Radio Network, WCON.
0: In uh, Chapel Hill and Carver.